millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 75 years ago, several hundred Chinese women and children arrived in New Zealand as refugees, fleeing from the atrocities of the Japanese occupation of China during World War II. I'm Linda Chanwai Earl, bringing you this eyewitness program about their stories of survival. I came out, I was only about three. I came out with my um, eldest sister and my younger brother. He was a year younger than me. And, um, and my mother, yes. At the age of three, I wonder how much you would remember about the journey. Nothing. <laughs> I know, it's pretty bad, but I believe we travelled by night and hid during the day, you know, because of the um, Japanese occupation during then. And um, I think my mother, she was reduced to practically just skin and bones by the time we arrived over here. So um, we went through, I believe, quite a hard time. But on, we were lucky that my elder sister, she was really a box of birds and she would, you know, running up and down the boat and uh, getting <laughs> us our food and things like that. Otherwise we wouldn't have, you know, made it. Survival was the key for children like former refugee Doris King. The event centre at Alexandra Park in Auckland is filled with generations of families celebrating the 75th anniversary of Chinese war refugees arriving in New Zealand. Correspondent Justin Gregory is attending the acknowledgement of New Zealand's humanitarian act of accepting women and children fleeing the brutal Japanese occupation of war-torn China. The New Zealand Chinese Association appealed to the government to allow Chinese men to bring their families here. Of the 244 women and their 239 children who arrived in 1939 and 1940, it's the children, now in their 70s and 80s, who are the remaining witnesses. Event organiser Richard Leung, the chair of the New Zealand Chinese Association, Auckland. Pretty much they were escaping for their lives um, and they had husbands in New Zealand and obviously the husbands in New Zealand were very uh, worried about their children and their wives and whether they were still alive or whether they were still alive after the war. So the government of the time, with the lobbying by the NZCA, or New Zealand Chinese Association, were um, able to secure people to come out, wives and their children. Uh, they had to pay a £200 bond which was non-refundable. So we're talking about 1938-39. A lot of money. Which is a lot of money, mm. yes. Um, and then they had to still make the journey from Guangzhou uh, in China to Hong Kong, which was, was a seven to eight day walking trip. And that was uh, trying to walk through uh, aeropl- Japanese aeroplane bombing them, uh, bandits. Um, so to come this far has been uh, something that we need to celebrate as a community. My name is Kenneth Huey Chan. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you are actually one of the war refugees. Yes, I am. In fact, um, the New Zealand Herald got a photograph 
of my family and myself arriving on the very first day. That was on the 10th of October 1939. We landed on Auckland Wharf and the New Zealand Herald snapped a photograph of us. How old were you? I was seven years old when we arrived. We came on a boat in those times. And where had you walked from to get to the boat? My village I came from is called Hagi. It's a, it, was, well, it was an island um, in South China, about a, um, about a couple of hours from Hong Kong. And um, when the Japanese were bombing um, Guangzhou at that stage, we uh, were lucky enough to get... The Chinese in New Zealand already here could bring their families out. So we were one of the lucky ones. My father and my uncles were already in New Zealand. In fact, my grandfather uh, came here in 1905, around that, that time. So we had connection with New Zealand for quite some time. Do you remember the journey to get to the boat, to travel to New Zealand? Uh, yes, we um, all walked. In fact, I can still recall a long, long railway line. And most of the refugees from um, the villages anyway, so we walked, you know, day and night um, along, just walking along the railway line, which we knew would take us to Hong Kong. How long did you have to work, walk for? <laughs> um, I can't remember exactly, <laughs> but um, at that age group it, it seemed like a long time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry to have to ask, but did all of your family make it out with you? Uh, yes, we were very lucky. Um, in fact, um, one of our uh, heads of our village, he was one of our um, guards because in the village we quite often had bandits and he had, he, he had a rifle with him. So our, our group was lucky. We had a guard virtually walking along with us, escorting us to Hong Kong, uh, <laughs> one of our village headsmen with a rifle. So we were a very lucky group. What do you think your life would have been like if you hadn't been able to leave China? Well, I think, um, as we know, um, many of our relatives, even in Hong Kong during the war, we lost, I lost uh, some um, elder uh, relatives through in the bombing of Hong Kong. And it was the bombing of Hong Kong Harbour that Jack Chan remembers most vividly as an eight-year-old unable to leave during the occupation. Ironically, Jack's wife, Marcy, was one of the children on the boats, but at age four, she was too young to remember anything but seasickness. At their home in Wellington City, I have the opportunity to hear their accounts of survival. I know I was on a boat and it wasn't very, very nice. They gave you, was it bread or something? For bread and water, Water, probably. something like that, yeah. yes, it wasn't very much, you know. So you were hungry and seasick and... I was seasick, all right. Seasick, a lot I of children so. were children, would have been yes, no, I'm not very good sailor. Mm. Even now I get seasick on the boat. Do you remember how long the trip took? From oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Hong Kong. It was yeah, from what you left Hong Kong. Yes. Do you remember anything at all about... Um, so you went with your mother and your... Yes, my brother. My brother and my mother. Because Dad was still in New Zealand. He's a New Zealand born. Chinese, so was, yes. yes. And um, we just came in the boat. When you talk about refugee, this is where my life of being refugee came from. Uh, within a, a year or two, my father decided to, to take off from Hong Kong and went to my mother's village. 
in those days you weren't allowed to travel freely, so we we <laughs> we actually thought it was quite fun. Uh, we all bought our supplies, carry around our waste, and uh, we went to my mother's village on foot to escape the notice of uh, actually two regimes. One, of course, is the Japanese. You, you weren't allowed to, you weren't meant to let them notice you're trying to run away. So mm. we actually travel by night uh, and sleep by day. How many hiding. of you, Jack? How many? Oh, a whole family. I've got my father, my mother, four uh, siblings. So you're the only boy? The I was family? the only boy, yes. So all six of you were travelling about at night, hiding, yep. going yep. from... Hiding around, oh, well, maybe caves or under trees or... or in the or bush. Somewhere in the bush. Mm. And make, just to make sure that we weren't uh, spotted by, uh, first of all, the Japanese. And the other regime of soldiers you need to avoid in those days uh, is all nationalists. Kuomintang? Uh, Kuomintang, mm. yeah. And... Uh, in the rural parts, there were red army around, and we wanted to avoid being spotted by them too, mm. almost as dangerous as being spotted by the Japanese. Mm. But eventually, a few days travelling on foot, we arrived at uh, my mother's village, and we were there for about a year or so, uh, and we smuggled ourselves back to Hong Kong and uh, stayed there for the rest of the war. Mm. Did you know of families that were murdered by the Japanese? Uh, those things happen all the time. Mm. You, people, you hear people dying, see people dying. You, so you witness people being yeah, shot on yeah, the street? Yeah. A pretty hard, pretty hard life. Yeah. Uh, that's hard. That's but, hard. Uh, and then you live under any condition, you get used to any condition. So um, mm. Once things settle down a bit, although we're under Japanese rule, they're, they're, they're well... Uh, of course, being enemies, when in your mind, you, you, know, you always try to avoid uh, any conflict with them. Mm -hmm. You play along uh, with the system. At school, you're forced to learn Japanese, or you learn Japanese, because the military part of, of Japan, once they've occupied it, then they withdrew the forces to some other war zone. Mm -hmm. um, I see. You know, like so they just kept uh, forces there just to maintain civil control. Yeah, until towards the end of the Second World War and, and other forces, in particular the American forces, uh, came and uh, tried to reoccupy Hong Kong for the Allies. Mm. And uh, we thought it was great fun. We lived halfway up the hill in a small, sort of small window. We, we saw these Japanese and these uh, American planes dive bombers uh, diving oh. onto uh, the harbour and drop bombs on the, on the warships, Japanese warship. We thought it was great fun, just, just like watching a movie. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> me. But kids being kids, man, that's what you so do. So you were man. watching these And of planes, course we cheer. Okay. Of course the the bomb hit the target. <laughs> and you'd cheer when the Allied planes would hit the target. I was, oh, I guess I was about three years and eight months from eight, so about 11 or 12, yeah. What was it like trying to get food? Was it hard? Well, food uh, was hard. Uh, I mean, you well, say that managed. you were quite we well, well off as a family, but well, you must have oh, used no, all your resources. Actually, we were quite well off before the war, but before the Japanese actually con confiscated all my father's assets. He owned a theatre, 
and the Japanese wanted the theatre for military purposes. And they, they didn't use it as a movie theatre, as mm. used as a headquarter, yes. some kind of quarter uh, for the military, mm. because uh, being a theatre is a big place. So they just took it over? Yes, they took it over. They, they just wanted. took the assets, yeah. And and I don't, I don't know why at the end of the war we didn't get it back. I was too young to, to know about these things. Oh, yes, that's right, that's right. By that time, my father died. He actually died during the war. Uh, it must have been very hard for your mother. Yes, my mother knew nothing about running businesses, mm. and, and we had very good relatives, and uh, we rely on help from the relatives to... Well, not so much for living, uh, for any other uh, things that we needed to do. Because we were too young. Uh, my elder sister was married by then, and uh, she was living in China. Mm. So my, the eldest one was myself and two younger sisters. And the youngest sister subsequently died. And mm. so there were three of us, my brother, myself, and my young sister. And after the war, we're looking at coming back to New Zealand uh, because we're New Zealand citizens. Uh, somehow, yes. I didn't do the organising. Somebody else helped. Were you my all father born in do. New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, we're all, all in New Zealand. Our whole, four my, of you. our whole family was born in New Zealand. The four no, siblings. No, I'm a second generation. My father went there in the turn of nineteen, in the late eighteen hundreds, actually. Mm. Um, my my mother went there and. Uh, she went there in the early 19, I think 19-oh-something or rather. You mean from China to New Zealand? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was born in 1930, so she, she's been there for about 30-something years. Here in New Zealand? Yeah. Mm. But she also uh, have been back to China um, oh, several times. So when you came back here, mm. you, it was yourself, your mother, your younger... Sister. Sister. Mm. But one of your sisters uh, passed away. Yeah, mm. my, my youngest sister. So uh, uh, when you ask Marcia about uh, how what she remember about the ship, I can tell you my memory about the ship. Yes, tell me about your memory of the ship. Well, that I was think Marcia was trying to yes. yeah, forget it, actually, because it was not a pleasant memory. There were no aeroplanes as such in those days. Oh, there was, but uh, very expensive. Uh, usually travel by boat. How long would it take, Jack? Well, our particular one took 52 days at sea, according oh. uh, to two ports. And neither of the ports we were allowed to get off because it was a cargo ship. 3,000 ton cargo ship was considered a very small car, uh, cargo ship. Chinese was sort of considered cargo too at the time, sometimes. Uh, yes, but this particular mm, cargo is. ship, 3,000 ton thing, at the rear of the ship, there were living quarters. Mm. 24 people in the cabin. Uh, my own female, they share the same cabin, and we have bunkers in there. And uh, such a small ship, and uh, sometimes in rough sea, uh, now, um, the ship bounced up and down from bow, to, uh, from bow to rear, and the rear, we were at the rear, the rear actually rear got so rough, the propeller got above the oh. water, oh, so the whole ship just shook. And we were there, we were just... <laughs> it was quite, quite funny, actually. Oh, the whole cabin horrible. was sh shaken to bits, and we just had to live with it. The line one that uh, I love to see, uh, I can take it as rough as it comes. 
in fact, and the roughest thing is... he has gone a bit green yeah. listening to you. <laughs> I actually climbed up on board at the rear of the ship and uh, just, 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 uh, just watch, watch, watch the boat waves. being uh, bounced up and down and I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it was great fun. Sounds like not much could scare you if you're watching our Allied planes no, bombing the oh, Japanese warships in the Hong Kong Harbour. Mind and you, then, we were quite safe yeah. at that vantage point. Uh, we yeah. live in a building; it's a tiny wee window, you know, mm. or about two foot by one foot. Huge storms out at sea, fifty-two days out at sea. Goodness yeah, me! Yeah, that, that was rough. What was it like when you pulled into the harbour? Was it Littleton Harbour in Christchurch? Littleton, yes, Littleton, yes. Littleton. So that was our journey coming over. Goodness me, 52 and, days. And you asked uh, Marcia what she ate. I can see what we ate. What did you eat? Uh, every morning we had hard fried eggs, uh, like rubber. Mm. And uh, some of my friends, after that trip, after arriving in New Zealand, he refused refused to eat egg for about five years mm. <laughs> because mm. of that. We need to celebrate while these people are still with us and we need to pass this history to our, our children, grandchildren, future generations of Chinese New Zealanders. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.